Welcome once again to the Life Plus God podcast, where we tackle tough faith and life questions. My name is Alyssa Robinson, and I am here with Reverend Gracie Millard. Welcome back, Gracie. Thanks for having me. So glad that you're here. And today we are digging into a question that maybe not a lot of people are asking, but I've just been kind of curious about because Alyssa's asking we it. know that this podcast is all about me <laughs> and what I want to learn. It's really just a you, chance for you to get to ask your question. Yeah. So my question for today is what is the significance of I am in scripture? Because I know we have this whole I am thing that happens with Moses mm -hmm. in the Old Testament where mm -hmm. God identifies God's self as I am. Mm -hmm. I've never really understood what that means. Mm -hmm. And then we have Jesus in the New Testament reflecting that back and saying, oh, yes, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> in like a whole bunch of different ways, but yeah. like using I am to identify himself mm -hmm. and what does it all mean and yeah. what are they like how is it all tied together yeah let me start out by just asking what is the I am connection between the Old Testament and New Testament I kind of said a little bit already mm -hmm. but yeah why is it important yeah so yeah you did say what pretty much I had prepared was <laughs> so I was like I, I don't know prepared a little bit more than like but, um, the Moses thing and the Jesus the thing. Moses thing and the Jesus thing were basically it was basically going to be my answer <laughs> um yeah so that's what uh I am is the answer that God gives when Moses when he calls when God calls Moses to uh deliver Israel um and to approach Pharaoh and say hey let my people go and Moses is like um I don't know if you realize I kind of have been raised by Pharaoh in Pharaoh's family. Like, what is it? They're not going to trust me. So if I just say the God of your ancestors told me this, they're going to say, who, who is this God of yours? Um, this God of our ancestors that you're talking about. Um, is that because they worship multiple gods? Like they were a polytheistic well, culture? I, no, I think, so let me clarify. Moses is saying god is saying you need to go um tell the people israel oh, that i'm oh, going to oh, deliver oh. you but also you need he, god is like you need to go talk to pharaoh and but also like the people of israel and um since moses had that unique upbringing of being a hebrew but raised in pharaoh's court you know um he uh, did not look, maybe necessarily act or look like the um, the Hebrew people, and so um, what what Moses says is, um, God, you know, I need a little more. I need a little. They're they're going to be questioning me a little bit. So if I go to them and say, who you know, it's the God of your ancestors that's sending me, and they're going to say. Who is this God? What what name? What name does this God have? This God of our ancestors, like prove that it's our God. Um, and so that's when God says, tell them I am who I am. Uh, tell them that I am sent you, um, sent Moses. I have more questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that the first mention of I am in scripture? Well, <laughs> because like, how are they supposed to, oh, they'd be like, oh, I am, who's never been mentioned before right, right. this. Right. So no, because that is the word that it's used is not, it, it is used everywhere else because I am is a very common, it, it's just the word, you know, coming from to be like how we say I am. Um, but I think I'm, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar and I, I didn't get to study Hebrew. So I want to give that a little preface but the notes say that i am that that word that hebrew word is um haya which <laughs> i was like i want to make sure i'm saying this right because that doesn't sound real <laughs> that it's haya but it's um there's a lot in the old testament that where there's like play on words and they do so the fact that the ha that haya is very close to the yahweh um that is that was purposeful that because then in the very next sentence, God says, um, God 
identifies God's self as the Lord, Yahweh. So back to back, God says, I am and Yahweh. Um, So God is equating the two, but um, never before has God given God's self a name. So it's only I been like identified as the Lord, but this is God declaring God's own name and God saying my my own name is that I am. I just I am. That is mm-hmm. who that is who I am. I am everything. I am more than you can put into words. I am who I am mm-hmm. is sending you. <laughs> well, it almost is like I it I am gives the sense of like ever present Mm -hmm. uh or maybe just on the most basic level saying i exist yeah like i'm here yes like um yeah is that is that a pretty unique thing like has any other uh deity in historical like faith traditions or anything gone by a name such as this you know i don't i don't know and i tried to look up i'm i'm not a scholar on other (laughs) religions but as far as i can tell it doesn't seem to be you know they seem to be gods of certain things you know or like that they're the almighty or that they're um all the all-powerful or whatever but um i you know we we see like the greek gods are all gods of certain things and have names that mean different things but none of them are just straight up i am Mm -hmm. like well, yeah. and and so going to the Israelite people and saying this, like you said, maybe the the phrase "haya" had been um, expressed. I'm sure they were familiar with the Torah, and uh, well, no, Mm-mm. wait, the it, Torah didn't exist. Right? Yeah, uh, no, uh, <laughs> it's all unraveling. It's, <laughs> so. I, <laughs> I know, but does this faith tradition take shape? It's like such a mystery to me. It is. So just in 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 um, oral history from generation to generation, Mm -hmm. they've heard this term used in different ways, interchanged with Yahweh. And so, if they hear him say, "I am" or "Haya has sent me." the Israelite people would know exactly what he means by that? Well, I think this is God. Previously, God, they had referred to God as Yahweh. And this is the first time God has declared I am Mm -hmm. as God's name. And so it's really, I think what's happening is God is trying to equate the, the broadness of I am to to Yahweh. So they had not heard I am before as as God's name. So it's God equating God's own name. This is God making I am God's name. So previously this hadn't been. It's it's really like to try to indicate to Israel that God is present with them. So it's not that they would have immediately recognized I am as, oh, that's God, mm-hmm. but more that, oh, God is with us. Um, when, when mo- and honestly, this is just showing my own ignorance and no. lack of study, because you would think I would read scripture in advance to prepare for this, <laughs> but I'm just like, oh no, Gracie will teach me. Um, so when Moses took the message to mm-hmm. the Jewish people, did he simply say, I am sent me? Or did he say, like, I am, you know, as Yahweh, <laughs> a.k.a. Yahweh sent me, um, so that they're immediately like, oh, I get it? Or is is it like he said, um, I am sent me, and they're like, I don't know, okay, I don't know who that is, like... <laughs> What's the reaction? So Moses, then after this conversation with God, when Moses does return to Egypt, um, scripture does not record exactly what he says to Egypt. It just says um, Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord, which he had sent him. And then Moses and Aaron went went and told um, the, the Israelites what the Lord had spoken. Mm. Um, so we don't have an exact, 
recollection of what Moses what Moses said, um, but it does say that the people believed um, and that they they heard that the Lord had given heed to the Israelites and that he had seen their misery and that they bowed down and worshiped. Does it say anything about um, how Pharaoh took the news when Moses went to him and was like, uh, I am sent. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pharaoh does not love, uh, does not react well to it either, um, which is almost like actually immediately after in, in the scripture, it's in Exodus four is when Moses says, tells it to Israel, the end of Exodus four. And then immediately in chapter five, um, is when Moses talks to Pharaoh about it. And um, what Moses says to Pharaoh is, says, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go. Okay. So he didn't really call mm-hmm. him I am. Right. He says Yahweh okay. or, or whatever the, you know. Yeah. And Pharaoh says, who is this Yahweh? Um, who is this Lord um, that I should heed him, heed him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord. I won't let Israel go. So. Yeah, Moses doesn't say I am, mm-hmm. and Pharaoh doesn't say I am. What would do you know? Like what Pharaoh's belief system would have hmm. been at the time? Of like, uh, I'm assuming uh, a polytheistic. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not as um, positive about the sequence of how e- Egypt. Um, you know, they, they evolved in their polytheism and monotheism, honestly, and I'm trying to remember, but they definitely equated Pharaoh with being a God, um, or attributed God-like qualities to Pharaoh. Um, so even if it was a, a, a monotheistic or whether either way, it was definitely not Yahweh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it would have been threatening because he's like, I'm the God. Yeah. He's like, what God around here? I don't, I don't know this God of Israel that you're talking about. Like it's me. Okay. Um, Is there, is there anywhere else in the old Testament that I am is mentioned or is it just that story? It's just that story in terms of God identifying like this is my name um elsewhere you know god speaks and says i am the lord your god but it's not in that same um that same weightiness um yeah it's not god saying god's own name it's otherwise yeah otherwise used just as a verb okay so so yeah so let's fast forward okay to jesus okay and in the New Testament, there mm-hmm. are seven different I am statements mm-hmm. that uh, Jesus claims. Mm-hmm. Is it? I guess we don't really know like a lot of behind the scenes detail, but let's uh, pontificate for a moment. <laughs> let's do you let's, let's pretend. <laughs> um, do you think Jesus? knew exactly what he was doing when he was taking I am and mm. and saying I am the good shepherd I am the living water I mm. am the gate you know all of these different statements that he made do you think he was pulling directly from that interaction with Moses or mm. it was simply like be verbs you know right easier to use sure. of like this is who I am you know because yeah. I say I am a digital strategist right. I am a podcaster I am this, right and I'm in no way equating myself to God the right. great I am that no that's a really good question um I think you're right it's hard to say whether you know exactly if we know how much Jesus, you know, it's hard to I, I understand if that's what if Jesus was purposeful. I would tend to think yes that um, Jesus in John, as recorded by John, is it's all about revealing God through the person of Jesus. Um, so that's that's what's really unique in. John about Jesus is that Jesus makes these claims about who he is and then in by doing so who God is. Um and so it would definitely have been 
um, I think Jesus definitely knew that by saying I am, or at least the author of John who recording whatever, whoever's recording this is wanting, wanting people to pick up on the gravity of Jesus saying I am, because there's often times elsewhere, even besides the I am statements of the I am the bread of life, et cetera. There are times when Jesus says, um, like after Jesus walks on water in John, um, they, the disciples are afraid and Jesus says, it is, I am, don't be afraid. Um, in the scripture, it, a lot of the versions say it is I, but then footnote will say that it's I am. Um, so Jesus elsewhere does identify. Just as, says I, I am, am full stop. Right. Yeah. And um, again, in uh, chapter eight, there's a whole conversation about uh, about Abraham and all this. And I'm we can go into that because it is interest it is feeds into the understanding of like connection between the old testament and new testament of the i am that jesus ends by saying before abraham was i am Mm. and um so it's it's tying back to that um identity from john one where it says that jesus was in the beginning um or that the word of god was you know, in the beginning, the word was with God, the word was God. And now Jesus is saying before Abraham was, I am. And so that's very much Jesus equating God was in the beginning with Abraham. That means that I am in the beginning with Abraham, uh, before Abraham or whatever. Um, so it's, it's a weighty, hefty thing that Jesus is saying. So, so this will be pure opinion, Um, why do you think of all of the ways God describes God's self Hmm. in the old Testament, Jesus picked out the one Hmm. description I am that is only used one time in one story. Hmm. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, my initial reaction is to think of what God was doing for Israel in that, that that's such a, um, such a characteristic, just defining characteristic of God, that God in that moment, God is delivering Israel from slavery. God is freeing, God is setting Israel free. God is saving. Um, and so for God to declare God's identity and name in that moment as just the great I am, um, that maybe that is what Jesus is also doing is mm-hmm. equating that I am setting you free. That this is this is the person, this is the God I want you to see. This is the God I want you to know that I am uh that I have been sent from, that I am is the God who sets people free, the God who saves. Um, that this is the great, this is what maybe they would equate that, that I am statement with is mm-hmm. God delivering them from slavery. I, w- I was also wondering about um, the significance of Moses mm-hmm. and the story of Moses yeah, yeah. and the, because my guess is like, of course, Moses is a figurehead sure. in the Jewish faith, yes. but um, my guess is he's pretty well known across all faith traditions sure. at the yeah. time. Like people know the story of Moses. Just it's I, I mean, it's probably a story that people hear all the time. Mm-hmm. I would think mm-hmm. um, maybe that's just me having like my Christian blinders on. And I mean, thinking, I don't know. Everybody yeah, maybe. knows that story. <laughs> so I was wondering if it's mm. like taking from that story and saying like, Hey, I, I come from this line. I come from like, and I do love the idea of like, because the, the God that we look to in the story of Moses is like just relentlessly pursuing, Mm -hmm. passionately pursuing the people to Mm -hmm. deliver them from slavery and to create a, a new and sustaining life for them mm-hmm. um who is on our side yes but 
now it's being expanded to like everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I I, I see don't where know you're if going. I, I don't know if I stand by my own line of thought. No, there. that's we're <laughs> we're all we're pontificating. We're, we're working thinking, it out. Yeah. No, but I I like where you were going with this idea that Moses is this figurehead for um, speaking on behalf of God to Israel and to the people in power of saying no, God's way is freedom and. I'm set, I've been sent to declare this message of freedom and I am uh, going to see it through mm-hmm. and that Jesus, obviously greater than Moses because Moses is not the son of God, but Jesus similarly is a messenger of God as he, as he is God, um, delivering this message of freedom in uh, and against the people who say that you can't be free. Um, so I think there's definitely some similarity mm. there. Um, isn't there a story in the New Testament of Jesus like communing with Moses too? Uh, the Transfiguration. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's a very uh, interesting, <laughs> mysterious passage um, that I it's not in John. So. Um, it's he's it's Jesus communing with Moses, Elijah, and mm-hmm. Abraham. Oh my gosh, they're gonna revoke my Masters of Divinity. We'll put a <laughs> pin in that yeah. one. <laughs> I know it's Moses and Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a pin in that one and come back to it. Don't don't episode. at me. <laughs> um, okay, could we walk through? What are the I am statements of Jesus? And like, if we were to give a Cliff's Notes, Cliff's Notes, Cliff's Notes version, Mm -hmm. like what do each of them mean? What was he Hmm. trying to communicate? Because it seems weird to me to have to say I am seven different ways Mm -hmm. to try and get the message across. Like, why did we need that? Why? What are they each different? Right. Um. Yes, I will. I will do my best to summarize, and um, I do want to say though that they all do relate to. I mean, that's obvious. They all relate to one another because it's God, and but they all relate to life and light. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very. That's a very characteristic of john's jesus so is it like they're each trying to communicate the same message with a different illustration to help you get it or is it like seven different messages Hmm. to illustrate uh like the facets of Hmm. jesus and god um that's a good i think you could argue it either way actually um that all of them reveal things about God. Um, they all they reveal similar things about God in that God is essentially to me, all of them, what all of them point to is that God is the source of life and light. Um, but they do help also add um some depth and deeper connection and understanding about, okay, who who is this God? Um because metaphors are never perfect, but they're also so layered that you could go so deep in them that I think Jesus is purposeful in using in the, using these um, what what he declares himself to be. But I think that they they support each other. They definitely don't contradict one another, um, but they they reveal the same but also different facets. So like they overlap, but yeah. it's like how metaphors can help you understand things in uh, the same thing. Different metaphors can help you understand the same thing, you know? Yeah. Well, and before we dig into the seven I am statements, I want you to correct me or um, agree, whatever, on the set. So the seven miracles. So mm. I've read that like each of, so Jesus performed seven miracles mm-hmm. um, and each of those miracles happen around each of the seven I am statements. Um, I did not fact check that. <laughs> yeah. When I, I went to look at that uh, too, and it looks like more, there's almost more of the, the signs, these 
in John, it's John calls them signs instead of miracles, just to be technical. I just have to say, um, they happen more towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the first, uh, most of the I am statements are in the second half. Um, but they do, they do overlap a little bit. They have some things in common and, um, a couple of them do immediately follow, but they aren't, uh, perfectly in line with yeah. one another. I just um, know the number seven is one of those numbers that exactly, we love. which I think <laughs> yeah. that that is may- maybe the biggest part of it is that there's seven signs that Jesus gives and seven these seven statements. I don't that's... know what seven. I don't remember what seven means scripturally. Do you? <laughs> the best I can remember and what I've always been told is that's wholeness, yeah. like completeness. Yeah. Um. That it's just a holy number, that it's sort of, you know, the seven days. It's And that's why Jesus says, like, forgive your neighbors seventy seven. Right. Time, that seven, it's a whole seven times. Ta- well, it depends on the translation. <laughs> Cause he says in some translations it's seventy times seven, and some translations it's seventy seven yeah. because of how So it's anyway. not that there are seven miracles that are connected to the seven different I am statements. It's that the number seven is significant representing wholeness. Right. That's more to me, that's that's more how it works to me and John. All right. Well, could you walk us through the seven I am statements? And if there is a miracle that tie or a sign that ties into one of them, could Mm -hmm. you kind of like walk us through that? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start, we'll just go chronologically as the book goes. Um, The first I am statement is in John 6, 35. And that's, that is one that's tied to one of the uh, Jesus's signs that it's where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And this is tied to um, feeding the Mm 5,000. So um, after, you know, Jesus multiplies the the bread and um, this is when Jesus says that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger or thirst again. Um, So this is Jesus saying again, I'm going to tie the, all of these t- to me tie back to life and being a source of of life. So to me, the being the bread of life, it's Jesus saying, "I I sustain," um, and because you will never go hungry again um, when you're with me. And of course, then bread of life has even more depth when we look at communion and that we believe Jesus to be the bread of life. When we br- and the bread, you know break the bread, we take in the bread, um, and that bread sustains us. So um, to me, that's, that's where Jesus is going with the bread of life. Mm-hmm. If we're going to keep this this brief, <laughs> that's, that's what I would say for bread of life. Well, and it's, it's for Jesus to say, I am the bread of life to a crowd of 5,000 mm-hmm. hungry people, mm-hmm. who he does feed, so that's yeah. nice yeah. Uh, to do that. But I think that, like, Everything, all of these I am statements are figurative. They're metaphorical. They're talking about like your spirituality. It's not to say like, I don't, I don't want us to get caught up in like prosperity. Sure. Gospel of like, hey, if you put your faith in Jesus, you literally will never be hungry. You will never be wanting. You will be, you know, all Mm -hmm. of these things. Right. Um, Do you think that the people understood that? Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't, it would be great if they did. (laughs) Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't think any of us can ever really fully understand what Jesus is saying. Um, which is why I, you know, it's always good to continue reading scripture because it always brings new things. Um, but I think, I think a lot of them were understanding of this, this guy is for real of, I I trust that if he can if he can do this if he can multiply this bread like I can trust that I won't go hungry both me- metaphorically and I mean literally in that moment they're like I I can see how this man is greater than just a miracle worker mm-hmm. um yeah so I hope so. <laughs> Clearly it did stick with a lot of people because it was written down. Yeah, so yeah. Um, the next one comes in uh, John 8, chapter 12, 
um, where Jesus says that he is the light of the world. And this one is also tied to one of the signs because Jesus heals a blind man, a man who is born blind from birth. And um, so there's a lot about that spiritual blindness and mm. um, Jesus providing a light for um, with, you know, with that tied to that literal sign of a man receiving sight, Jesus saying, I can all, I giving not just this man sight, but I'm giving sight to everybody. I am able to illuminate truth for everybody. And if you see this truth, if you understand and take in this truth, um, your life will never be the same. And it, that goes back to John one of Jesus that, the true light was coming into the world. Um, so John is all about light and life. So all of these statements, <laughs> all of these statements are so interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next two are like back to back. It's the, Jesus says, I am the gate uh, regard. And then the next one is that I am the good shepherd. So this is Jesus is talking about. Um, those are both in chapter 10. Jesus is talking about um, how people come to know God and um, that there are people who have been giving false information about God or um, trying to um, mislead people about God, maybe purposely or not purposely, but that as, as a gate um, in a, in a, the, first century Israel, um, the shepherd was the gate of the pen that they, they didn't have like, it wasn't like a door really. It was like, there was an opening and the shepherd would stand in front of the opening as the gate. So Jesus is kind of saying the same thing twice. Um, but in the first, in the first instance of being the gate, Jesus is saying you can, those who enter by the gate, um, are entering are learning from me. Like there are people who maybe are coming in from around the back who are jumping the fence from behind. Um, those people are, are not, um, are not speaking the true words of God. Um, they may, you know, they're getting in the back door, but, um, those who enter in through me, through what I'm saying, through what I'm teaching, which is about love and light and life, um, you will, you will be, um, cared for and you, you will, you have the truth and you, um, you are entering and you are a part of the true, or you are learning the true things about God. So when I think of a gate in modern terms, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about keeping something out Mm -hmm. or keeping something in. Mm -hmm. How is my understanding hmm. of the gate different than what the understanding would? Like, I understand, hmm. like, saying, hey, it's not an actual hinge in a door. It's Jesus standing there. But right. it's still this idea of, like, a boundary, a border sure. that you are on one side or the other side. Hmm. Like, is is that what it was meant to be or is it different? Yeah. I think it's mostly about, yeah, I don't know that it's, I mean, it can definitely be interpreted to be about like who's out and who's in, um, in terms of like, you know, Jesus chooses who come, who's allowed in and who's allowed out. But I think it's more about, um, choosing to, choosing to enter choosing to believe Jesus, um, choosing to follow the way of Jesus versus um, claiming to follow the way of God, but not actually doing the things that God calls us to do. So it's more about a way of life and a way of living in, is how I interpret it versus a club kind yeah. of. Um, does that kind of... Yeah. So, so why is it that the good shepherd and the gate mm. are in the same, um, yeah, teaching, yeah. I guess. No, that's a good question. Cause they're literally two verses apart. Um, it's 10, nine is when Jesus says that he's the gate and 10, 11, that Jesus says he's the good shepherd and the good shepherd is about, is, is similar. Um, but it's about le- how 
the sheep know the voice of the shepherd and how um, how the shepherd cares for the flock. Um, that they're able that the sh- it's a lot about the relationship of um, this one might be the most relational of the I am statements that um, especially because we see that metaphor in the Old Testament too of God being our shepherd. Um, but to me, the goal, the good shepherd is is a lot about um, how Jesus leads us and how we can recognize this voice and this voice of love um, that shepherd that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Um, what and, does the what does the verse actually say? Like the detail that's yeah. given around the gate versus the good shepherd. Yeah, because I imagine if you're sitting in the crowd listening to this teaching, mm-hmm. maybe it's confusing. Maybe it's not. I don't know because it's mm-hmm. hard to understand like the culture of the time. Right. Maybe they instantly got it and they're right. like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking right. about." Right. I think I think that definitely contributes to it. We are not we are not well versed yeah. in first century. I'm shepherding. not up to date on my shepherding yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) or back to date and first century shepherding in palestine um but um yeah looking in chapter 10 starting in verse 7 so sorry i mean yeah no verse 7 um jesus says to them very truly i tell you i'm the gate of the sheep all who come before me came came before me are thieves and bandits but the sheep didn't listen to them i am the gate Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. So that's about like a way of life. Um, Then in verse 10, the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Um, So the thief and bandit thing is actually uh, pretty much referring to people who were uh, false mes- false prophets, false messiahs, um, trying to pe- lead people astray. And Jesus like, well, my, actually my way is abundant life. Um, I, I don't have any selfish gain out of this. And so then immediately after saying that I've come to give abundant life, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Um, the hired hand who is not the shepherd does not own the sheep and sees the wolf coming and the sheep leaves the sheep to run away. So that's maybe some teachers and mm-hmm. who, um, who are got, trying to help be spiritual leaders. Um, but the true shepherd is Jesus who um, goes to the very end to fight for, to love and care for his sheep. Um, and this is actually a, a little bit longer passage. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but then Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have, um, I must, da, 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 sorry, <laughs> just reading this straight well, it from. Sounds but. Like, so it, it sounds like the theme between the two of them and why they are together is it's about trust. Mm-hmm. It's about learning to trust Jesus and that he has our best intentions mm-hmm. and it's not like selfish motives mm-hmm. and saying like, you know, these other false prophets are going mm-hmm. to lead you astray, but you can trust me mm-hmm. and the way that I, I do things and do things the way that I do them. Mm-hmm. And then the good shepherd is almost like setting expectations of like what you can expect from me mm-hmm. in return. Like you yeah, can expect, yeah. which is kind of radical for someone yeah, that's who true. claims to be God mm-hmm. to say, here is what I will do for you. This is mm. how I will serve you mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, what are you, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and thing. as the, yeah, any of the other false prophets or messiahs would never, their be, motivation is what am I getting from the people? Right. Yeah, yeah. They're never going to promise them. I'm I would lay down my life for you. That's not. Yeah. yeah. Or so, they wouldn't mean it. <laughs> right. Or they wouldn't mean it or do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Jesus says, I, I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, um, and I have this command from my Father. So mm-hmm. it's and it's tying back to God because they, they maybe would have been familiar with that Psalm mm-hmm. of David of who that the Lord is their shepherd. So, um, 
moving on. <laughs> to so we've done four out of seven. Four right? out of seven. Okay. Yeah. So the next one comes in the next chapter. That's um, eleven twenty-five. This one is also tied to uh, one of Jesus's signs that um, the raising of the dead of Lazarus from the dead. Um, so this is where Jesus tells. Um, he actually says this before he raises Lazarus from the dead. Um, he tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Um, because she says, first Jesus says, do you, Martha, do you believe in this resurrection? And she says, yeah, I believe, I believe in, in that in the end of the days, we're all going to be raised together. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Um, whoever believes in me will not perish, but will have eternal life. Um, which is a really powerful thing to declare that he himself is resurrection. Um, so it points to it, to God being the source of resurrection and that resurrection is happening now. That is not something that's a later thing, but it's happening in the moment. Um, yeah. Cause that's one of the things um, that, I was like, why wouldn't he have saved that one for mm -hmm. later, <laughs> you know? Right, like, no, exactly, yeah. Maybe he, you know, comes out of the tomb after his crucifixion like, and says, I, I am, am the resurrection. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> but he did it. That would have been a good, that yeah. would have been a good one to end on. <laughs> told you, <laughs> yeah. told you guys. <laughs> you just wait. Here I am. Didn't think you'd see me again. That is interesting. I guess I never thought of it that way that like he intentionally talks about being the resurrection before mm -hmm. his ministry is even close to meeting its end. Yeah. Uh, well, or is it close? It is. It does get close because no, it's, it's misleading because John, the, almost the whole second half of John is Jesus uh, is like the night, the couple days before Jesus's no death. way. Yeah, it's like the um, the uh, let's see, um, Jesus is in chapter thirteen is when Jesus washes his disciples' feet the night before he's arrested, the night that he's arrested, and John is twenty one chapters, so eight chapters of of it of John is focused on that last week. I had no idea. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever put those pieces together. So well, like all yeah. of this teaching that Jesus is doing, he's just like all day, every day. Like it makes me think of Hamilton. Like the man is nonstop. <laughs> nonstop. Exactly. Um, no. So those last three are in within that last week or so. I didn't realize so. that Lazarus's resurrection was so close to Jesus's resurrection. Yeah, it's it's not yeah, it's not like years. Um it's yeah, it's leading up. Wow. Um I guess I never really considered the timeline of each gospel. Like hmm. it's always been in my head of like, oh, they're all running at the same right pace. Kind of know? rate. Yeah. But I mean this and this is could be another podcast, but most of the gospels like uh, they're there's just, there's a lot concentrated mm -hmm. on those last three days or um, the last night. There, there is a, a disproportionate amount, but in John for sure and in Mark, yeah. there's a lot of it. But anyway. If I was made of money, I would definitely go to seminary, not to become a pastor because <laughs> I just am in no way called, audit, but just like, it's so interesting. Like, yeah. I, I think I would love it. I oh, think you would love it. <laughs> no, that's, I mean... This I guess I could just go sit in classes and not pay and not get a degree, but <laughs> I mean I think that's frowned upon. I wish I was just talking about this the other day with somebody of I forget that not everybody at church took eight classes on the Bible yeah. that were taught by people who've studied their whole life on the Gospel of John. Yeah. Like so I I mean, there and there's always there's just so much there's just so much to learn, to learn and that's why it's you know you're blowing my mind. Yeah, I know. I, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sorry. Where no, are, I am the so resurrection, resurrection okay. and the life. Yes. So I think yeah, I think we got that one. Um, and then the next one is 
chapter 14. Um, so this is after Jesus is... Um, so this is within the last is, three days of his Jesus life. Jesus has washed his disciples' feet. This is Jesus has given that new commandment to love um, to love one another as he's loved them. Um, and then Jesus says in chapter 14, um, talking about um, the way to God um, and a, sort of getting there, like preparing them of what's going to happen. And this is where Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the this life. This is the biggie. This is, this is, this is the biggie. <laughs> yeah. It is. I would say this is a biggie. This yeah. one, this one has a, has a mic drop kind of, <laughs> I mean, bread of life. Those, those are, those are great. But just to say like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's like, well, okay. So, so will you say more about what Jesus meant by mm. that? Because I am the way mm-hmm. could mean a lot of different things it of could. like, I it, it kind of could be like the only, cause doesn't that end with like, you only get to the father through me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. like I am the way is like, you must believe in me mm. to access God, or mm. I am the way of do what I've taught, do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, or I am the way, um, I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely a mysterious, I mean, classic John Jesus to me is a very like more, mysterious spiritual uh jesus is john the only gospel that this is the claim i am the way the Mm -hmm. truth and the life are the i am statements only in john yes yes um this very distinct to john um so i think no it's it's the, the the definition of way the interpretation can be taken a lot of different ways um I think a very classic direct one would be the way to salvation, like the way. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't even throw that well, one in the mix. Well, just like the way to heaven, I yeah. guess, is one is the way to think one one way to think about it. Um, and so it it all, you know, ends up being your own personal interpretation Um is there any context put around that for us by Jesus? Um, so it is Jesus talking about um, right before that where he is going um, that um, in my it's the same passage where he says, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places and I will prepare a place for you. Um, I will come. I will come again and I will take you there myself. Um, you, is he talking? You know the way to the place where I am going. Is he talking to the disciples mm-hmm. in this? Yes. Okay. So yes. here's another question. Yeah. Was he only talking to the disciples? It's a good question. Or are we? Because like we're reading this and being like, oh, Jesus is talking to me. Mm-hmm. But like maybe mm-hmm. we're just a fly on the wall for a private conversation that he was having for his disciples, and it was only. Like I'm preparing a room for you, hmm. Peter. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Not for you, Alyssa. Right. <laughs> um, I think what this, what the author of John is trying, trying to communicate something to, um, to an audi- to the greater audience in particular, and we are, um, we are, I think, just supposed to learn from this. So I think this is Jesus speaking to everybody, but in in the scene, it's to the disciples. Yeah. Um, and this is where Thomas says, how are we supposed to know the way? Um, this is the classic doubting Thomas that everybody throws under the bus, um, but he is the one who asks the good questions. Thomas and- is my favorite. So. No, he's the best. <laughs> I literally lo- love Thomas. Um his questions lead to amazing things that Jesus does. Yeah, and, and that impression of Thomas yeah. was spot on. Mm. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. I think I think Thomas would be proud. Yeah. Um, and that's when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. That 
Um, it's not this mystery that I've been hiding from you. The way to God. You followed me as I'm talking from crowd to crowd to crowd about this. Like, yes, yes. And the way is literally, um, like a path. The word that he uses is referring to a path. Um, and then like later, um, in Acts, um, the disciples, or people who followed Jesus were called followers of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think to me, it gives a, it, it, it could be, it, I don't want to discredit that it's maybe the, the way to heaven, but in a greater way that it's a way of life that leads to heaven on earth. And, you know, it's a little more weighty than just a one person mm-hmm way to heaven but that this follower of the the way of Jesus's life the way you Jesus lived his life um is the way that Jesus is calling us to live our lives and is the way um God is well, intended it's also for us like I am the way the truth and the life when you really think about it that's not new information like <laughs> <Right>? so we <laughs> literally just were talking about Jesus at the gate and the good shepherd mm-hmm. well that's the way mm-hmm. uh the life is I am the resurrection I mm-hmm. am the life talking like going back to Lazarus yes. the truth well Jesus was talking about that of like I am the light I am mm-hmm. you know yeah and also with the gate and the good shepherd like yeah. you can trust me and so I wonder if Jesus Jesus was just like so frustrated by that point with the disciples. It's like, why aren't you getting this? Like I've been teaching about this and so let patient. me summarize for you so all patient. of these metaphors. It's me guys. It's me. Yes. No, I, that's what I think I was trying. That's a better way of saying what I was trying to answer that question earlier of like, is this different? Is Jesus saying different things about yeah. himself or the same thing? And it's like, I think yes. Jesus is trying to say seven different ways about the same thing about himself of like guys it's me it's me (laughs) um no I love when Jesus uh says like there's that a passage earlier where Jesus is like why do I have to speak to you guys so much (laughs) it's in John 8 I I write lol next to it um because I think sometimes she's like oh my gosh why do I how much longer do I have to be with you yeah um yeah, so I think, no, I think you're right. I think the way, the truth, the life, and this is the second to last one. So Jesus is like, I'm almost, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just going to put of, it all out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm all. almost out of metaphors. <laughs> this is just it. Um, and so the final one is in this same teaching discourse, uh, the same night um, in 15. And this is um, one the one that I forget about. Um probably when I'm like, when I'm listening, then this is a one I forget, um, where Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. Um, so this one is a little more, this is again about the, about life and being, um, the source of life, um, that everything grows from him. Um, he is the source, um, God, and a little bit more about that connection, uh, his, relation how he's related to god um but isn't it isn't there something that's like i am the vine you are the branches mm-hmm. and so it's yes. like how so god so god is the grower mm-hmm. i am the vine you are the branches so it's like finally Through incorporating me. yeah our relationship yeah. who we are yes. in this story of i am yes. because i think this is the first time that we're kind of incorporated into that i right. am statement yeah you're right because the other ones just say who jesus is. and because uh you know the one about the shepherd he doesn't directly say maybe unless i didn't read it closely enough that you are you are the sheep um but he does say the sheep of like the shepherd's sheep whatever but you're right this one is like you are the branches um and it's abiding it's this this is the one about abide in me and mm-hmm. i will abide in you so that there's not no fruit um apart from jesus mm-hmm. there's no fruit of god's kingdom apart from jesus and we are called to abide in we are we are part of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We are offshoots. Uh, yeah, we are one, and we are connected, connected. and we are all—all all of us—are yes. connected yes. to each other. Yes. Um, 
Yes, that's the verse. Verse five is when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, meaning apart from Jesus, you can do no no good of God. <laughs> There's not going to be, um, you know, you. I mean, that's pretty clear, actually. Probably I don't need to explain that. <laughs> well, but. but that also feels pretty extreme to me because... For Jesus to say, apart from me, what what are the exact words? Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for people who don't believe in Jesus, who mm-hmm. are of other beautiful faith mm-hmm. traditions that are doing so much good yeah. and serving others? Sure. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm just like, okay, as far as I'm concerned... That is a part of Christ. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. a connecting point, yeah. even if like they didn't learn it from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but I'm like, how can you say that good works that are being mm-hmm. selfless, good works that are mm-hmm. being done in the world are not of uh, are nothing? Are right. nothing? Right. You no, know. I no. I think that's a really good point. Um, and. Uh, I I don't think I can be very articulate on answering how I I I tend to agree in that way of that any good thing any good and act of love we know God is I mean we believe God to be the source of love so anything that's True done love. out of love yeah. is is from God and so I think to me maybe that's what Jesus is saying is that any act mm-hmm. of love anything that's done in the name of love is done in me like yeah. that's that's where there's you can do nothing apart from me there's no yeah. love that's apart well maybe from me. we maybe we get caught up on like the human shell of jesus mm-hmm. of like yeah, yeah. And now he's talking about this part like he when i think that christ transcends beyond that sure. and that's what yeah. happened with the resurrection right is that christ uh expanded mm-hmm. that and is. that we that Christ, if we claim Christ to be one, like fully God, then we know that Christ was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So Christ existed before the person of Jesus. Right. Um. So Christ, I mean, I never want to. I don't want it to come across like I downgrade who this the person of Jesus. Um. But that Christ is, um is a bigger is bigger than the person of Jesus we are able to we are able to learn about and um God re- definitely was incarnate in the well, person of Jesus it's but it's going back to the i not, am yeah. reveal of mm-hmm. Moses it's just another way mm-hmm. that God is pursuing us right. relentlessly right. and being like hey you're not getting it you're not getting it you're not getting it okay i'm going to come live among you right and try to teach you yes. better understand you maybe i don't know i mean i guess or, it's yeah you don't want to say god didn't understand humanity yeah. but i i'm afraid i'm going to say something heretical accidentally <laughs> That'll be a new uh, podcast that I start called The Accidental Heretic. <laughs> hey, featuring Reverend Gracie. Oh, no. At, put the other pastors in there, too. <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> All right. So that, that's it. <laughs> yeah. All seven. Okay. Well, oh, oh, I do have a question. So yes. one of, I think I misspoke at the beginning when I was talking about the I am statements because I threw in, I am the living water and I mm. keep doing that on accident. Yeah. Where does the living water yeah, yeah, thing yeah. come from and yeah. why isn't that an I am no, statement? We were all thinking about that too. When we were talking about this uh, series, um, we kept throwing that in there too, because I mean, it's very similar to the, I am the bread of life. So you would think, okay, yeah, I'm the water too. Um, Jesus said, so it, that's in John four, um, where it's the woman at the well. Um, and Jesus says, talks about, um, that he would give her living water. And she says, um, 
or then Jesus says, um, everyone who drinks of this water will never be thirsty again, or will be, who drinks of the well water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water I give them will never be thirsty. The water I give them will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Um, And so Jesus, it's an indirect way. Jesus never says, I am the living water, but um, he, it is implied that he is the, he is the living water, the mm-hmm. source of living water. So, um, yeah, that's in John 4. Okay. Um, so why does all this matter? Like, why, <laughs> <laughs> why? Are the I am statements so important that we're spending seven weeks during Lent studying them? Mm. Well, I think that since these are seven very clear statements that Jesus is making about himself and therefore God. Um, and it's these, these metaphors, these words that Jesus chooses to use to specially reveal characteristics and the identity of God. Um, and so nowhere else in scripture, is there something that's that clearly saying of who I'm it elsewhere in scripture, you know, God says that I, you know, I am the savior, I am your Lord. And those are all also wonderful, but these are special glimpses of God sitting down with us to say who God is Mm -hmm. and to just give us a little bit more weight to what those characteristics are. Um, an, a way for us to understand and these also very tangible things um, because and I think it's significant that they're very positive things. Like yes, yes. God's not, or Jesus isn't here saying I am the punisher. Mm. I am the judgment. Yeah, I am I'm the sword or yeah. I am, you know, anything negative. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And these are all very ordinary or, um, these are all tangible things that they, um, well, I guess not all of them. I mean, the way is very not tangible, but, um, no, I, I think you're right that it's, it's, um, it's just a, a very clear instance, um, clear message from God of saying, you, you know, I, I know this can be confusing and I, I'm trying to help you out here. And this is a very this is me saying exactly who I am. Um, so going from I am who I am to saying I am is the bread of life. I am is the resurrection. Um, these are things that God didn't want us to miss. The gospel of John is kind of weird. For sure. <laughs> like it's very different it's from very the other different. gospels. Very different. And since the I am statements are in John and nowhere else, mm-hmm. how certain can we be that mm. these were actual words and mm. teachings of Jesus? Sure. That's a great question that I don't have a clear answer on. Um, I guess maybe like, why was John thrown in there? Yeah. As um, like a, a, a validated sure. gospel. That's a, because the other ones are very clearly. Uh, they're more like they're no they factual. yes well and they they clearly have used the same sources and heard the same stories but there are there are parts of John like the feeding the five thousand the walking on water that happened in the other gospels so there is a there is some overlap um, but um, I mean that comes back down to um, sort of the the timing of it. Um, if people want to go back and listen to the, the, where did the Bible come from <laughs> podcast <laughs> about links to it? Of, yeah. Because I was also going to tell people, Oh, maybe like what does salvation really mean is another good episode to listen sure. to when we were talking about I the, am the way, the way. salvation. So right. I'll link to a couple okay. extra episodes yeah. for y'all to listen to yeah. that are both Gracie. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> 
it's almost like I'm passionate about this or something. But um, no, I think the I mean, um, the time the time that this was written can um, is a factor into why it's important. Um, also being in character with, even though it is different in style, um, this Jesus very much teaches the same things that the other Jesus, or that the other uh, portraits accounts and of Jesus, accounts of yeah. Jesus teach. Um, so it is, even though it, it sounds very different and, um, and is structured differently, mm -hmm. um, the it character feels, of Jesus yeah. is still, and it, and maybe that the fact that it's different is, one reason that they really wanted to include it and say like, Hey, this, this contains some really rich theological things about Jesus that the other ones didn't convey as well, that this is really helpful for us to understand about yeah. who Jesus is. Yeah. It feels almost when you read John compared to the other gospels, like it feels more poetic mm -hmm. and oh, the for other sure. gospels yeah. feel more like historical. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there's just there's there's much more emotion mm. in John, which I mm -hmm. I like. It feels I think we get a better glimpse into Jesus's humanity mm -hmm. through the Gospel of John than mm -hmm. anywhere else. And um, so hey, if y'all are looking for a, a Lenten practice, uh, try reading through John. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. Well, Gracie, thank you so much for doing another episode. This Thanks one was for having not nearly as tough as some previous ones. That yeah, I had you on. this one. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, this was a no. This was a fun one. I love John, um, but I thank you for having me back for for this. In uh, you know, hope you leave with more questions than <laughs> than you started with. The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if Treach could be your new church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org, and I hope to catch you next week for our next episode of the Life Plus God podcast.